Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And we're talking Virginia men's basketball. The Cavaliers face in-state rival Virginia Tech on Wednesday night and they took care of business on the hardwood, beating the Hokies 78-68. to And it was a hard-fought battle between both of these teams who had quite the offensive showing. So if you're on YouTube, I'm about to place the box score up on the screen. If you're not and you're just listening in, this is available on the game thread on Wahoo's 24-7. And I also tweeted it out at JackFrank underscore after the game as well, so you get to see the stats. But I will make sure to say the stats that are key um, when I'm talking about the game as well. So, yeah, so it was a good game offensively for both sides. Actually, both coaches were pretty pleased with their offensive showing. Virginia Tech shot 49%, 44% from three. And usually when you see those stats, you would think that Virginia Tech would have been the winner. However, Virginia also had a good day on the offensive side, shooting 51% from the field. They also had 35% from three. But, again, this was a game that this it was – Again, about the backcourt for Virginia. This has been, I think, four in a row where we get to see Kihei Clark, Reese Beekman, and Armand Franklin really take control of the game. In this matchup, they combined for 46 points, were 17 of 33 shooting, 5 of 11 from three. And what was big between those three, they had one turnover. Ball security came up big in this game. Virginia Tech had eight. Some of those came in early, and Virginia only had five turnovers, and only one of those came between those three players that have been really kind of come together for the Cavaliers in recent games. Tony Bennett has gone small ball, and that has really made a difference on the offensive side. Uh, Ben Vanderplas has started the last two games, and it seems like this kind of combination – between, you know, you see Kihei Clark, Reese Beekman, Martin Franklin, and Ben Vanderblas, and then sometimes 
Um, you see Isaac McNeely in that lineup. You've seen Ryan Dunn kind of rise a little bit in the last few weeks. And it seems those type of combinations has really sparked the offensive side of Virginia basketball. And we've seen Caden Shedrick kind of see less and less minutes in the last few games. Um, and we'll kind of talk about Caden in just a few minutes. But uh, so, again, this was a, a good game for the Virginia offense. And again, a great game for the backcourt. And several of the players on the Virginia set ended in double digits. Kihei Clark had 20 points, um, which I believe matches his career high. He's also the winningest player in UVA history. He passed Amandi Diakite for the most wins um, at UVA. Now, obviously, Tony Bennett joked on that point that this was an asterisk since he was doing it in five years rather than four than the other guys did at Virginia. But he also had to put that COVID year, too. So I guess it's double asterisk, maybe. Um, Jaden Garner had 12, uh, Reese Beekman had 11, Armand Franklin had 15, and Ben Vanderblas, after a slow start, had 10 points. Uh, he was he shot two of seven on, on the day from outside the arc, and then Isaac McNeely had seven, and then Ryan Dunn comes in uh, with three points and an old fashioned uh, three point play. So, again, Virginia is coming together, and it felt like Tony Bennett is also very willing to adjust this year, which has been nice to see. He's been really to adjust and play the hot hand. Again, something that is nice to see with a lot of talent that Virginia has on the roster. K.A. Clark and Reese Beekman have also done really well dishing the ball. They had 12 assists against Virginia Tech combined. They are now second and third in the ACC, respectively, for assists per game. So this has been a solid last streak, and we're seeing Reese Beekman at his healthiest now. Um, we can clearly see the difference in a healthy Reese Beekman and a not a healthy Reese Beekman. We also can see clearly what a, what Reese Beekman really brings to this Virginia Cavaliers basketball team and what happens when he's not at full strength. You lose that burst. You lose that speed. And he's truly makes an impact on the court. I'm really happy to see what Ryan Dunn has been able to accomplish as a first year. He has really been able to kind of come in its own and play a little bit more confidence. He's becoming a very good asset on the defensive side for Virginia. So at Florida State, he had, at that point, he had a career high of 17 minutes and he had nine points. And he was able to build on that performance against Virginia Tech when he played 24 minutes and, again, made some big impacts on the defensive side. Like I said, he, he, he made some uh, nice blocks uh, for Virginia um down that stretch when you know Virginia Tech wasn't really going away a lot of these games they you know there was a couple there was four lead changes in this game there was four times where this game was tied so again Ryan Dunn made some crucial impacts you know something like Kihei Clark who always seems to make a, a good play on offense including that really big three that he had in the second half so by saying that about Ryan Dunn now the question is what happens with Caden Shedrick he's kind of the opposite of Ryan Dunn where Caden Shedrick I believe against North Carolina, he had about 20 minutes of play. And then in the last two games, he has only played nine. And he's seen his kind of role kind of decrease as Virginia has gone small ball. So be as Virginia continues on this ACC schedules, and Tony Bennett is going to adjust depending on the matchups and the lineups. But the last two games, Ben Vanderplas has been starting and Caden Schreiter has been coming off the bench. But against Virginia Tech, the first, First guy off the bench usually has been Isaac McNeely, to be quite fair, or Ben Vanderplas. Those are the two that's been coming off the bench when 
Ben Vanderplas didn't start. But now on Wednesday, it was Ryan Dunn was the first guy to come off the bench. So Ryan Dunn's ascendancy has kind of come in the same time as um, Caden Shendrick has been losing minutes. And honestly, they, they haven't played much of a true center in the last few games either. A lot of the minutes have been so small ball. So again, that's something that Tony Ben is more comfortable doing. And when you have three guys in the backcourt playing as efficiently as Franklin Beekman and Clark is doing, you can see why Tony Bennett is doing what he is doing. So, but Virginia is going to play at Wake Forest on Saturday. So they don't have much time to kind of stick and thinking about Virginia Tech's win, although it's a very big in-state game and beating your rival is always great. But you got to face Wake Forest, who is also on trying to kind of turn the tables on turn around their season. They beat Clemson, the number 19 team in the AP poll this week, pretty convincingly after I think Clemson only led for 10, I think it was uh, 29 seconds, actually. They only led for about 29 seconds, and they were able to secure the 10-point win. And it was a very good win, a win that they would have not had if this game was played in October or November. So we're going to take a very quick break. And we're going to actually bring in a guest this week to break down this game. Uh, Usually during football season, I like to bring in opposing reporters, um, not opposing reporters, I guess, reporters that cover the opposing team. So I always like to bring them on so that we can discuss the game in a little bit more detail since they know the other team better than I do since they cover that team more extensively. So this week, we're actually going to bring Cam Lemons-Dibro from Demon Deacon's Digest, the Wake Forest site on 24-7. So we can talk about the game and talk about that win for Wake Forest so we know what happened and what changes have been made for Wake Forest and what to expect when Wake Forest and Virginia face off against each other on Saturday. So we will just take a quick break for a few seconds and then we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jack french for Wahoo's 24-7. So the first half of the show, we kind of talked about Virginia men's basketball and how they beat Virginia Tech, some of our big takeaways there. But now we move forward. Virginia will face Wake Forest at Wake on Saturday. And of course, we need to bring in Demon Deacon Digest Cam Lemons to talk about the Deacons and what this matchup will look like. So Cam, thanks so much for joining us. Happy to have me. Thanks for being I'm, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> um, so it's been an interesting season for the Deacons. I think to put it mildly, uh, this seems like a team that might have had a turning point um, against Clemson, the number 19 team. It felt like Wake won a game 
that they wouldn't have won in October, November. Do you, you kind of see that? Yeah, no, I think this team has definitely started to grow up. Uh, Steve Forbes talked a little bit in, earlier in the season about big boy games. Um, and Wake had, I wouldn't say issues in big boy games, but they definitely had some times where, you know, they they came up a little flat. They obviously had the win at Wisconsin. But then, what, three days later, they, they have their opening um, their opening ACC game at Clemson and just lost by 20. It wasn't really a pretty second half there. Um, yeah, you had they went to Atlanta, played LSU, uh, State Farm Arena, and let that one slip away. They went up to Rutgers, really tough place to play, lost by 24. They they just they, there there were these games earlier in the year that Wake just wasn't exactly doing what they needed to do in these in these in these big boy games, and then you saw they they turned it around against a Duke team. They beat Virginia Tech, you know, had a little bit of a tough loss against North Carolina, but. You know, the next few games, it went, okay, you know, they're being Louisville and Florida State and Boston College. I mean, yes, we got to beat them. Some people haven't, but that's still three of the not great teams or the worst teams, really, in the ACC. Clemson was the first time that we went, okay, this was a team that has beaten us already. P.J. Hall had basically run them up and down the floor last time. You know, while you're at home, it's a 9 p.m. game. can be kind of sleepy. The Wake Forest joke is Tuesdays is our toughest day academically for our, for our students, student athletes. And I went out there and kind of, really wire to wire took care of business. And it was really the first time there was definitely some, some lapses here and there of where the league got a little bit closer um, within, you know, five, six points. But as a whole, this was a win that wire to wire Wake force took care of business. That's something that we really have wanted to see out of this team is what can you do wire to wire? Can you put together a full, a full two halves and say, we are just going to be the better team. here tonight? And I think that was a good data point in saying, Hey, this is where you turn the corner and start showing yourself hey, we, we're for real and we're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, Clemson, I think, only led for like 29 seconds in that <laughs> game that Wake Forest uh, won by 10, and they shot 50% behind the arc in the win. They out-rebounded Clemson by nine. So it was certainly a game where they, they got the advantage in several different areas, and it felt like this team is finally finding its identity. It's always hard when you're meshing new guys in a lineup, but it feels like they now have an identity coming down to a very hard stretch which includes 10 Frank Virginia on Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean, this this team's actually really started to find what they're going to do. And what they're going to do is they're going to take threes. Like, they have Demario Monsanto, uh, Ty Appleby, Andrew Carr has come, come, in, come around really well the last few games. Uh, Davian Williamson, they they've are going to be a team that has been on a, they've been on a very torrid pace on offense. But I think the biggest identity for them has been what Forbes' motto is, is grimy, gritty, tough together. They've had to scrap together some wins. It's been it's not been pretty sometimes against App State. They had to win on a buzzer beater, which seems weird to do against the 208th ranked team, according to Net. But they've just been willing to just get into the mud and say, we're going to do what we do best, which right now is shooting threes and really throwing mobs. And, you know, some of the things that we don't do well, they're not really the best of defensive teams right now. But when they do kind of get into the rhythm or rhythm on, on the half court, they're great at forcing turnovers. They're great at. Um, Matthew Marsh has been has been great off offensively. Defensively, David Bradford is he's been awful offensively. I wouldn't say awful, he's been great, but he's been a force they've been able to put in there on a guy like PJ Hall last game and say, Can you give us 12 minutes, 12, 15 minutes of just being a wall? Like they've really started to lean into the idea of it doesn't really matter what our weakness is right now. We're just gonna play to whatever our strength is right now and just grind it out. We're just gonna sit there and grind. <laughs> And you mentioned Ty Appleby, uh, a favorite of mine when he was a Gator 
uh, down in Gainesville when I covered them. What did he bring when he started, or when he came in for Wake Forest as a transfer? What kind of advantages did he bring? So, I mean, there was definitely a bit of a hesitancy in terms of what Wake was going to have at that spot when you lose the ACC Player of the Year in Alonis Williams. Um, so, Ty, I mean, we all we we heard a lot on the offseason of how you know good Ty was. He's explosive. He's the fastest player on the team. But you know, you know, what are we really trying to expect from him? And he's he just came out of the gate just being the best player on the court. Like, like every single time, he's like, all right, cool. Ty is how this engine is going, and it's been to the better of the team because when he needs to take over, he will take over. And you know, sometimes if he's in foul trouble, or there was a couple games where he was, you could tell he was a bit limited. You know, the Wake's offense didn't really know what to do without him. But he's really been the the cog in the offense of saying, you know, when he when he gets downhill, it's just up the center of gravity he has. He, two, three guys are going to keep coming into him, and he can easily kick it out to Monsanto, who's has the light come on for him. Mar, uh, Davion Williamson, uh, Andrew Carr, he's been really able to like just use his gravity as as a as as a driver, and it's been really lovely to see. He's been arguably my favorite player to watch in the last you know five, six, seven years. He's just been so much fun. He's tough, you know. He's you know about six feet, what two hundred pounds? I think about that. Um, I think that's a gracious measurement for him, but he's he's really added a dimension to the team that we didn't really see of Alondis, and there's no disrespect to Alondis. Alondis obviously player of the year last year, but I think him being able to actually hit threes from the outside and take them at a, at a pretty decent, pretty decent clip has been a, has unlocked a new dimension that we saw from last year. Also, quite the character too, right? Oh, he's been one of the best people in interviews. One of the my favorite things after a win, they'll always the Wake Forest uh, basketball tutor will have him interview the other one of the other players in the locker room. He'll just do that after they beat Clemson. He was on the quad just interviewing students left and right. Was, I love that kid. <laughs> I did the same thing when I was on the on the Gators beat. He was a transfer and he sat out for a year, and uh, we would always have him interview players too. So he's he's accustomed <laughs> to it. So nice that he's continuing it. Um, so you talked a little bit about about Ty's ability to shoot the three when you're facing the pack line, that is a good asset to have. So what are the kind of the keys to the game uh, when they face the Cavaliers on Saturday when you look at Wake Forest? Uh, they, they can't let UVA uh, speed them up. I know UVA is a very slow team. That's a really weird thing to say, but they can't be frustrated and just let things kind of snowball. That was one of the big things that happened in uh, the game against Rutgers was Rutgers just just sped them up and just said, you're not, you're not going to be able to get into the paint. I live by the three, die by, die by the three. But the fact that they were just forcing so many turnovers, the team just kind of felt frazzled at that point. And that's something that can't happen in a game like this against UVA where possessions are going to be a premium. When, you know, UVA can just sit there and just melt the clock, melt the clock, melt the clock. If if you're sitting here wasting possessions against a team that you're not guaranteed to score 50, 60 points against, that's going to that's gonna be an issue. They're, they're going to have to count on guys like Damari to – really take some smart shots and handle the ball well. A guy like Cam Hildreth, who's been playing insanely well as of late. Um, but, I mean, one of, one of the issues he had against UNC was UNC really just kind of sped him up a bit. And I think, you know, I think UVA is going to try and do that, especially when Ty Oppenby's not on the court. And Wake's definitely got to got to take care of the, of the basketball. I mean, it, like I said, it comes down to can Wake shoot. You know, they're you're not, you're not always going to shoot 40, 45% from the field, but – you've got to sit there and you got to take good shots and you got to still make them. Yeah. They should ask Virginia tech. They had a good, 
defensive game against Virginia shooting around 50% on the three at some point, and they still couldn't muster the win. So it's very important to be quite efficient <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball when you face that tackling defense. But Cam, thank you so much for joining us. I know, just like me, you're uh, kind of busy with a few junior days and recruiting visits. <laughs> no, so no, no. It's quite, a busy, it's quite a busy period for anyone who covers a for, for like recruiting and basketball and team for football. It's a little hectic in January. It's supposed to be the supposed to be the time that we rest. You know, there's no games. It's just tracking down 50, 60, 16, 18 year olds and figuring out what they're doing with their lives and figuring out where the coaches are, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Cam, thanks. Happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for Cam for joining us on the show. Again, it's always nice when we can to have the reporter that covers the opponent on the show so that we know a little bit more about what to expect when it comes to game day. Now, I was planning to have a, a women's basketball um, kind of breakdown as well. What I'm going to do instead of doing it today and kind of rushing it, I am going to have Greg Medea from the Daily Progress on the show next week. And we're going to have a longer basketball focused show where we're going to break down not only men's basketball, but also women's basketball since Greg Medea has done a good job covering the women's program as well this year. And then we will also bring in uh, possibly Michael Kieran, who is our awesome, awesome intern on Wahoo's 24-7, who's also done a great job covering the women's program and being there um, for the home games. So that is the plan uh, for next week's Thursday episode. On Tuesday, once again, we will be covering uh, recruiting for Virginia football. This week, they'll have official visitors on grounds. If you want to see the full full, uh, full official visitor visitor list, head over to Wahoo's 24-7, which includes two 2023 targets, um, including safety Devin Clark and offensive lineman uh, Jameson Mejia. We are still working on confirming several other visitors uh, that could be on their way as well. So we will have the full list on Friday on Wahoo's 24-7. And of course, we'll be talking about the significance of this visitor list on Tuesday here on the podcast. And honestly, I would be on commitment watch if I were you the next few days when it comes to Virginia football. So, but that's it for this episode. Uh, again, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and review and ring, uh, rate us um, on Apple and on Spotify. So I hope you guys have a great weekend and we will see you back here on Tuesday. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.